Hey, this is Galen from the Dad Rocks Podcast here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Thanks for tuning in today. So sit back and relax, and we'll be right back with you with this month's episode. This is Galen with the Dad Rocks Podcast here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, I hope you're doing well. It's uh, February 3rd, Saturday morning, early. And happy Groundhog Day. Yeah, happy Groundhog Day. And apparently the groundhog did not see its shadow. So that means it's going to be early spring this year. And we're really happy about that. yeah. yeah, no more uh, six weeks of winter. We hope we got our fingers crossed. We hope the old groundhog's right. And uh, I saw the old fella on the news last night, and <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but uh, he looks like he's well fed and well taken care of, and and I'm glad about that. And uh, uh, Toxy Phil, I guess that's his name. You think maybe they keep naming them Pontotoxy Phil every time they get a new one? You know, hey, we got a we got a puppy, uh, we got a pup uh, groundhog here. Let's uh, oh, that's right. We don't have to think about a name. You know, his is just gonna be uh, Pontotoxy Phil every time. So uh, yeah, he's that's uh, cool. You know, I'm glad. Uh, you know, we got the groundhog uh, 100% accuracy weather prediction. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm sure everybody saw the movie uh, Groundhog Day back in the 90s, and a lot of people, you know, continue to watch that movie. It's like a, a you know, year-round perennial favorite. Um, I, I know downtown Bowling Green today they're going to be uh, showing the movie like from noon to six and uh, at the Capitol Theater, and uh, I'm not sure if it's any any charge. Uh, uh, excuse me about the mic. Uh, got this new microphone here and I'm still getting used to it um, I'm not sure if there's any charge it may be free admission but that's kind of things that Bowling Green does they got a lot of activities going on and, uh, and that's one thing you can do today in celebration of the uh, early spring this year yay that's what we like man the weather has been rough <laughs> prior to this uh, last couple days it's been beautiful you know and uh, 50s and it's going to get up to uh, uh, let's see what the weather Yahoo weather app is saying and uh, yeah currently it's 37 degrees and going to get up to high 62 here in Bowling Green it's going to be beautiful with the sunshine a lot of people out a lot of traffic (laughs) it seems like when the the weather gets nice here in Bowling Green there's a lot of traffic everybody just comes to Bowling Green Scottsville, Russellville Morgantown you know, uh, they all come out of the woodwork. They want to come shop and eat because uh, Bowling Green is the hub of the uh, South Central Kentucky area. It's about a 10 to 12 county area, you know. And uh, we're still developing our road systems and trying to figure all this out. It's like a maze, you know. <laughs> you know, the ones that uh, 
of us who've lived in Bowling Green a long time, we kind of know the back roads or the side streets to take <laughs> to get off the uh, main arteries and kind of cut through in a way. And hopefully you're maintaining your speed when you do this. You don't want to speed on these side streets, especially in these neighborhoods. You want to be careful, you know, go at a regular speed, please. But uh, yeah, when it gets really nice, that's, I, I just noticed the traffic is a lot heavier, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, also the weather this past month was really crazy. We had snow uh, and ice, and not really ice, but snow. And I guess the worst thing was the uh, cold temperatures got really below uh, freezing. And that was a hard part for a lot of uh, communities, you know, with the freezing pipes and you know, water systems. We've had some communities around here, uh, not far from Bowling Green. It's been about water for a while, and they had to drink bottled water, boil water, whatever. And uh, I think they're finally getting some of these systems back up. Fortunately, Bowling Green, uh, where I live, we we did great. Uh, you know, we just kind of had to watch the roads if we got out it. And uh, I want to give uh, kudos to the Bowling Green or Highway Department, uh, City of Bowling Green, that keeps the roads clear and salts them. Uh, salts with them uh, where we can get out uh, uh, you know and drive to the store <laughs> and get what we need uh, it's not like we're living on a farm out here in the country you know in the hills or western Kentucky and it's kind of hard to get back into town but uh, but hopefully the county roads were clear enough where they some of these folks could get to town too to get what they need but anyway, uh, yeah, we got through it, and across the country on the world news, we saw all this stuff going on across the United States, uh, weather-wise, storms, ice, uh, you know, uh, I think there's like 40, 50 deaths across the country because of snow and ice and uh, cold, extreme temps. So yeah, it's been a rough winter so far, and uh, but the good old groundhog, uh, he's giving us good news. Uh, so. <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. I hope, hope he's accurate. Hey, the Dad Rocks group is doing great. Uh, we got up to uh, 2,800 members now. And just getting getting close to that 3,000 mark. If you haven't joined yet, uh, be glad to have you. Join the Dad Rocks, uh, um, you know, private Facebook group. But it's all about positivity and being... Uh, you know, being a group member where everybody shares the common interests of rock and roll, classic rock and roll, uh, doesn't have to always be classic rock and roll. You may rap. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, no, it's okay. If you got, if you like rap, uh, that's fine. Put it on there, a video, whatever. Um, yeah, country. Uh, hey, it's all about music being positive uh, no fighting no arguing no bs where everybody gets along and uh hey the group is continuing to grow we're being a positive force on the internet uh, so we're bucking the trend and negativity so uh, hey and i want to give a shout out to brit moore my co-administrator down in south haven mississippi um you can see his little uh, graphic photo there <laughs> picture on the the official logo uh, of Dad Rocks. He, he got me and him on there, the official logo. And, uh, of course, I live in Bowling Green. He lives in South Haven. So, uh, yeah, uh, he'll approve members, uh, new members, if I'm not available. And that's how we keep the group, group growing. Um, and like I said, we hardly ever have any trouble with anybody arguing or fighting on the 
on Facebook uh, when Dad rocks, because uh, you know we're uh, we're a mature bunch. Yeah, we're baby boomers. <laughs> we used to party a lot, but now a lot of us calm down. A lot of us still may party. I don't know, but uh, hey, it's all about the music. We like to uh, reflect about the good times and you know uh, the memories, and so uh, you know. Uh, oh, it's just. It's about nostalgia too. It could be uh, somebody may put a picture of a, you know, a house from the 70s that has green shag carpet, uh, the gold tone refrigerators and uh, ovens and dishwashers and and then the linoleum in the kitchens all yellow uh, and uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Old Coke machine, whatever cigarette machine, candy machine. But the old gas stations, hey, we love those too. So yeah, Dad Rocks is bringing us back to all the good memories. And you can't uh, forget about them $5 concert tickets. <laughs> Remember at the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee? I don't know if you're from down there like I am. You know, you could get a ticket to see uh, Rush or Kiss or, uh, you know, Black Sabbath or whatever. You know, $5, $10 tickets. I mean, that was awesome. Of course, you had to stand in line at the Ticketmaster to get your ticket or have somebody go buy and buy, get them for you. Uh, there was no internet back then. Uh, so, <laughs> I know a lot of people couldn't live without the internet these days. I'm, and I'm probably one of them, okay? I had to admit. <laughs> I've gotten used to it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really convenient, especially when you pay those bills online. You don't have to get a stamp, uh, write a check. You just go on your bank app. You know, push a button and bam, it's gone. All right. Well, this is Galen with the Dad Rocks podcast here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Thank you for tuning in today. And we got a very special guest in the second half of the program, Mr. Benjamin Craig Long. He's a Bowling Green writer and author of the book called Delafield uh, Confessions from a Boy, uh, Confessions of a Boy from the Wrong Side of Tracks, of the Tracks. And, uh, hey, Craig, I call him Craig. Uh, I've known him a long time. My wife knew him from where uh, Bando Manufacturer, he used to work years ago. And uh, he's a great guy. He's uh, He attended Western uh, Kentucky University and uh, studied, uh, you know, writing, English, whatever. Uh, he's an artist, uh, very creative person, talented person. And uh, now, like I said, he's written this book, and it's very interesting. Uh, I have to admit, I haven't finished it. Uh, probably got about a uh, little, almost halfway, but uh, I'm gonna finish it up. And but anyway, the interview turned out really good. Uh, uh, went by and picked him up at his house last week, last Sunday, and we drove down to Delfield in my car and. We had a good interview. We rode around. He pointed some places out, showed me, uh, you know, where he grew up, where his house used to be, some um, Death Ridge store. We went up to Hobson House, rode around there a little bit, and just uh, kind of got a feel for it. I knew about Delaville. I've been in there uh, many times through the years since I lived in Bowling Green. Uh, but Craig brings a very uh, different perspective on it. I, I find the book to be... Uh, entertaining, heartwarming, and 
humorous. So, yes, Craig's a funny guy, and uh, believe me, he means well by whatever he writes in the book. It's all about a memoir, introspective, you know, growing up. And um, I haven't found any negativity in the book. It's it's great. So, if you get a chance, get it on Amazon, uh, order it online. You can get it on your Kindle. That's where I'm reading on the Kindle. And uh, so anyway, well, uh, thanks for tuning in today. No matter wherever you're at in the world, I hope you're safe and uh, you're doing good. And uh, last time I checked, uh, I think uh, the Dad Rocks podcast is in like uh, 60, 70 countries across the world. And uh, we're continuing to grow. Our audience is growing. And again, I do appreciate you listening to this uh Good old southern boy from down south, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and lived in the North Mississippi and married that Kentucky lady down at Ole Miss, and she brought me up here in Kentucky. Been here uh, for about 37 years now. So, uh, yeah, uh, Bowling Green in South Central Kentucky is a great place to live. It's about an uh, hour north on uh, I-65 from Nashville, about an hour and uh, uh, 20 30 minutes, uh, hour and 20, 30 minutes from Louisville, uh, southwest on uh, I-65, and then about 40 miles up the interstate towards Louisville is the Mammoth Cave National Park. So that's where we're at, Drew, uh, here in the state of Kentucky. So uh, anyway, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to jump into the interview with Benjamin Craig Long, uh, the Bowling Green, Kentucky writer and author of Delafield, Confessions of a Boy from the Wrong Size of the Tracks, uh, an Amazon book, and you can get it on Kindle also. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, sit back and relax, and we'll see you in a minute. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Galen from the Dad Rocks Podcast here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And today I got a very special guest, Mr. Benjamin Craig Long, who is a Bowling Green writer and author. And he is uh, he wrote a book in 2021 called Delafield, Confessions of a Boy from the Wrong Side of the Tracks. And uh, you can find it on Amazon Books or Kindle. Uh, Kindle, it's 485 pages, and uh, it's quite entertaining, very humorous, and uh, it's it's a great book, uh, so I'm enjoying reading it, and uh, it's got a 4.80 star rating on the Goodreads, and Craig, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Galen. It's good to, uh, good to be here. Good to talk to you. And... Uh, 
Craig and I were in, in my car. We've driven around the uh, neighborhood, uh, Delafield, where he grew up and the, the area that he's written about. And uh, Craig, what's Delafield and what was it like growing up on this side of the tracks over here? Well, Delafield, of course, today is not what it used to be. It's uh, completely different because of uh, urban renewal, which uh, tore down a lot of the, uh, the, the housing. Uh, Delafield itself was its own community um, for uh, forever. It wasn't a part of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, it's basically from the railroad tracks uh, at the bypass all the way out to Beach Bend Park. And the other end of it is the railroad tracks at Main Street all the way out to uh, Hobson Grove Park. So it's between parks. And all that area in between was Delafield, the Delafield community. Uh, there was a Delafield school. Um, uh, all kinds of, uh, there, there were a couple of factories there that uh, were, were just pertained to Delafield, mostly Delafield employees. And uh, Beach Bend Park was actually a part of Delafield, and a lot of the uh, employees at Beach Bend worked, uh, or were from Delafield. Uh, it was, it was a, a, a neighborhood, and uh, it was a good place to grow up. It was a little different, though. So, when you say wrong side of the tracks, I've been in Bowling Green since 88, and I've heard that term thrown, thrown around a lot through the years, and is that a good thing or a bad thing to be uh, on, to live on the wrong side of the tracks? What do you think? <laughs> I, I think that it's just, uh, it's, it's what you get used to. Uh, people from the what, what is considered the wrong side of the tracks, they're basically just people like everybody else. But uh, your neighborhood may have a certain reputation or connotation as being violent or uh, dangerous, uh, but really it's mostly misunderstood because uh, people in from the the other the wrong side of the tracks, where you may never go if you're uh, on the other side of the tracks, they their lives are just as similar as your just similar to yours uh, as you can imagine. Um, there are some bad apples that will give uh, that neighborhood um, some bad reputation, but I think you'll find that everywhere. Yeah, when Patty and I first moved to Bowling Green uh, from Russellville, we lived in Russellville for six months where she's from when we came up from Mississippi. But anyway, we lived at Western Green Apartments uh, right off Russellville Road for about a year. Then we moved out uh, to Parkhurst over there off uh, old Morgantown Road, you know the area. I guess that's considered the what the west end. Um, yes, it's it, it, so kind of the northwest end of town. This Delafield itself was uh, was basically a poor community. That's that's kind of what it's defined was defined by, and uh, the people down there probably didn't have the uh, the the nicer homes, the nicer cars, or the nicer anything. But it, and and they said it was crime ridden and just. Uh, it actually wasn't crime ridden, but well, wait a minute. Um, wait, wait. Okay, a guy <laughs> broke into our house one time, and we robbed him. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you became a writer. Uh, well, I'm just a local Bowling Green native, uh, actually from Delafield, and uh, uh, went to Western Kentucky University. Uh, Proud to be from Kentucky, Warren County, Bowling Green. Uh, became a writer uh, because 
Um, some of the tales that I told uh, people thought were kind of far-fetched or uh, uh, interesting. And um, these were actual tales, actual things that happened during my life. And, and my wife uh, encouraged me. She said, you've got to write that down. You've got to make a book about that because some of these things are funny. And I said, well, you know, they're not all intended to be funny, but I guess if you look at them today, they are funny because I was just growing up then. Yeah, uh, I've been reading on the book, like I said, and I've laughed. And Patty would look at me and say, what are you laughing about? I said, you know, it's just what Craig's writing here and the way he writes it and the way he tells the story. I said, it's just funny, you know. Uh, He's got a good way of putting things on paper and, you know, and it makes you reflect on your own life growing up. You know, I'm 61, you're 64, so we're... (laughs) we're, We're too old for it. Yeah, we're from the same generation, you know, and I can relate to a lot of similar stories that you told, you know, about riding bicycles and playing and school and, you know, that some of the classmates and your friends in the neighborhood... Um, uh, I was reading about the fella at the store. You're talking about at the Deathridge store, and he couldn't talk. Oh, you're talking to <laughs> Yes, there was a fellow that, uh, <laughs> well, there were a lot of regular customers at, uh, at the Deathridge store. Uh, Deathridge was a, a pretty popular, uh, I guess, family in, in, in Delafield. They were prominent. They had a store, um, a, a grocery store, that was basically just their living room. Uh, as a matter of fact, you could find a store like that about every two blocks in Delafield. Somebody had a store, uh, and it was—it <laughs> would be a place where you could get bread and milk and, uh, you know, whatever else you could—they they may have in there that uh, somebody talked them into selling. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, the, the, one of the customers there, or, or several of the customers there, were different. Uh, it, uh, but they were regulars, and they were just people from the neighborhood, and I remember them, and I, uh, some of them had different, uh, I guess, uh, you could say afflictions or different traits or characteristics about themselves that made them unusual, and um, I hope, to, hope to that they'll be remembered uh, in a positive light uh, due to my writing about them and uh, recording their, their live stories. Yeah, I think you said he was trying to communicate uh, with his arms, and they were swinging <laughs> back and forth. And oh, <laughs> that's that's in the book, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just the way you wrote it, you know, and described it. You could just see the gentleman trying to communicate, you know, with the grunt or whatever. Of course, like you said, he had an affliction, but bless his heart. Yeah. Yes, that's that's the case. He was. He was misunderstood. He looked like uh, you're talking about Columbus. Yes. Columbus was his name, and that's an unusual name for a a, a man. And uh, Columbus in, House. Columbus House. Yeah. And he uh, he lived uh, uh, across the road from the Deathridge store, and his mother would send him to the house. He was much older than me, and uh, he had, um, um, I guess you could say, he had the same clothes for about a month. And he uh, was also unshaven and uh, unkempt, yeah. but he was he was he was just doing his job. His mother would send him to the store, and I I remember him well. He was a nice fellow in most regards, but he was just unusual yeah. because he uh, he had an affliction. He couldn't speak very well. He couldn't hear, and it you know I don't want to make fun of the guy. Yeah, I just think that. Uh, 
know, it's, it's well, you the way you like I said the way you you tell your stories, you you put the reader there with you in the store, and I remember you said uh, you went you were looking for comic books. You just gotten paid at Beach Bend and the the little amusement park around here. <laughs> yeah, you you said the money was bowling a, uh, burning a hole in your pocket. And you're wanting to get back to the comic books in the store. Well, you're still pretty early in the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, I worked at, I got a job at Beach Bend uh, selling corn dogs. Uh, yeah. To begin. And uh, that's corn, the, people think that that's a pretty un, 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 uninteresting thing to uh, to be having an occupation. And uh, in some regards, I guess it would be, but uh, it to me, it was a wonderful wonderful way to meet people and um, it's a love story you'll see yeah. you'll read it and you'll learn how to how that uh, you can find love through just about anything and I even found my love through corn dogs <laughs> well uh, how would you describe your family and your dad I know you write about your dad in the book and tell your tell our listeners what your dad was like and your mom too my dad was a a hard-working man. Um, uh, I learned some several things from him that were you know, I keep with me to this day. He never ever missed a day of work, and he never not had a job. He always worked. And the same from my mother. Um, my father. Um, he, I, I would collect these comic books, and I, I would. I remember asking him one time uh, for some money to to purchase a, an antique comic book. And uh, I said, it's, you know, it's worth, you know, it's worth six dollars. And he said, uh, well, it's not worth nothing unless you sell it. <laughs> and to this day, that has stuck with me. That is, he's right. It's not worth a thing unless you sell it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I really think that uh, my parents were well respected in the, in the community. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I grew up there. Tell us about your friends in Delafield and uh, Delafield School and Mr. Payne, your f- favorite teacher. Oh, um, I had a, a couple of favorite teachers, actually. Uh, uh, I grew up uh, on Raven Street, um, and uh, across the street from me lived, lived the Andersons, and Ronnie Anderson, he was a year younger than me, uh, and uh, on, on the two doors down from me lived Robert Alford. Um, we were about all about the same age. He, Robert was a year older and Ronnie was a year younger. So uh, we did a lot of things together. We, uh, we got into trouble together. We, we, uh, we, we found a, we grew up together. We had uh, a lot of fun. And uh, um, to this day, I've made lifelong friends out of them. I'll never, never, uh, they're, they're my best buddies and they always will be. I think that's pretty cool that, you know, you still live in Bowling Green and you're close by, not far from where you grew up, and you're still in contact with a lot of your friends from the area. And, you know, to me, that that's kind of a luxury because, <clears throat> uh, of course, we got Facebook these days and we can kind of reconnect with a lot of our friends from the past, but it's not like actually living in the same community where you grew up, I think. Uh, you know, I'm just... I think that's really cool that you're able to write about it and be immersed in your your boyhood home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, As I, an adult, I, I think that the, the the key word in that statement you just made is write about it. 
I think when a person has the opportunity to write something, they can put thought into it and they can uh, change whatever word they they have in the beginning to uh, make it match their actual thought. Uh, a lot of times you can say something and it'll be misunderstood. Um, but if you have the opportunity to write it, rewrite it, rewrite it again, you'll have a major point and, and your uh, opinion will be clear. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, I, 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 that's what I learned about writing a book. I wrote this book and I said what I wanted to say and I, I think I did it very well. Okay. Uh, what about Marty Deputy? Uh, when I came to Bowling Green, I heard her name quite a bit through the years. And what can you tell us about Marty Deputy in the book? And is she still alive or what? Um, Martha Ann Deputy, she was uh, one of the Garvin family. She was actually Charlie Garvin's daughter. Uh, the Garvin family owned Beach Bend Amusement Park. Uh, that was a, a big deal for uh, a lot of people. Actually, Bowling Green was well known for having that amusement park, and it was a, a, a hot spot for uh, tourism. Um, and almost all of the employees there were from Delafield. Martha Ann Deputy uh, went to the church that I did. I went to the Presbyterian Church, uh, a Little Rock Church is what it's called. Uh, now it's um, room at the end or home at the home at the inn or something such uh, it's where uh, people go to get uh, relief um, and I had a, uh, a lucked out and got a job from her selling corn dogs and she was such a sweet person and such a good wholesome Christian that I, I'm glad that I, I got to work with her and uh, spend a lot of time with her and uh, she passed away recently and um, I wish I were wish she were here so I could thank her again okay <clears throat> and then what about the uh, church uh, you were talking about in the book uh, Little Rock and you uh, had a gentleman that went to church there and he was a good Christian man and you were telling me about him before the interview and he owned a little farm out in the country and he drives a school bus or a bus and take the kids out there yeah, oh, you're talking about Chess Johnson. Yes. Uh, Chess Johnson, Chess is short for Chester, I believe, and uh, he um, owned a photo lab in Bowling Green. Um, and as a matter of fact, he had the market cornered. He was the Kodak man in Bowling Green. If you had Kodak film, you had to take it to Chess. But Chess had a uh, had an affinity for and a love for Delafield kids. He would get a station wagon, he always had a station wagon, and he would drive around uh, Delafield on Sunday mornings and just pick up kids left and right, fill that station wagon up and take us to Little Rock Presbyterian Church. And that's where we learned some good moral values, some good Christian ways, and through that man, um, he was like a Pied Piper. Through that man, uh, I think a lot of uh, good citizens, good characters, came out of he was he was a, a prince of a man okay and uh, let's talk about uh, Guy Detrich uh, <laughs> I think yeah we talked about I knew him uh, when I first came to town uh, he was a magistrate and he was in the National Guard here and he would come into the Daily News where I worked as uh, editorial assistant book reviewer and staff writer and 
I think he would bring uh, political stuff in, you know, that he was running for office or news releases. And I always liked, uh, uh, is it GW? GW. GW, <laughs> GW yes. uh, I don't remember the G stood for guy. I'm not sure what the W <laughs> stood for. But uh, he lived uh, just across the street from me, and uh, he was, uh, the matter of fact, one of the strange things was the, uh, the polling place was our garage. <laughs> they measured our driveway and found it to be the perfect length so that you could electioneer up one end of it and vote at the other. <laughs> and uh, GW was, was uh, uh, instrumental in, in doing a lot of things for the community of Delafield. At the time, he, was, he could get along with anybody. Um, he probably has some people that uh, aren't that fond of him <laughs> anymore, but uh, to people from Delafield, he was uh, an exceptional character. He could get along with uh, the criminals, and he could get along with the, uh, the upscale people, too. Yeah, I really liked uh, him. He's always really nice. And, and uh, like I said, he did go to Desert Storm, and he talked about that when he got back. And, you know, he served his country well and his community, obviously. And uh, what about, uh, oh, what kind of impact do you think growing up in Delafield has had on your life? Well, I think that um, I, I try to keep it. I tried to keep it hidden for a long time. I didn't want people to realize that uh, that I kind of grew up in that neighborhood because of the connotations that it had uh, for people having misconceptions about it. But uh, at a certain point in my life, I became proud to to have grown up there because I realized that uh, the people there uh, were loving, caring people. It was just like uh, any other neighborhood where, you know, you could have, you could have friends, lifelong friends, uh, good neighbors. Um, I remember the, uh, one of the mantra from the people in Delafield was, we never locked our doors. And, you know, <laughs> we never locked our cars either. And I, I kept thinking at, at one point, well, you know, you didn't have anything worth stealing either. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably about the truth, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, and I, you know, I'm I'm proud to be from there now because uh, there there aren't that many of us left anymore. Uh, Delafield is dwindling down. The people that uh, grew up there, and uh, it's a it's a bit a slice of history that uh, I I hope I preserve somewhat, and I hope that the people that uh, I grew up with, I hope that I've done them some justice, some honor, and uh, I hope that the people enjoy the book. I think it's uh, it's made just to enjoy. It's not. I'm not a um, a writer of uh, any great literary merit, but uh, I think you'll like it. Well, uh, I like I said, I'm continuing to read it. And I'm going to finish it. And uh, let's see. I was wanting to ask you about. I hadn't got to this part yet, but I heard there was a section where Aaron, uh, Doctor. Uh, the what was his name Aaron Hewley how do you pronounce his name Hewley that wrote the book review oh yeah a gentleman from uh, a professor from Western Kentucky University yeah. gave me a very good book review yeah um, about his name was uh, Aaron Huey yeah Huey and uh, I, I think that if you look on Amazon I've got some very good reviews and I'm I'm proud of that and I think that uh, if you go by the reviews uh, you know that's 
that's one thing, but uh, I think the the best thing you can do is experience, to experience is to read the book. Yeah, and he, he said he read a section about the Beach Bend Motorcycle Rally, 1978, and you were there when that happened? Yes, I was selling corn dogs to the uh, motorcycle gangs. <laughs> yes. Some of them didn't pay for them, I understand. Oh, uh, yeah, they, there, was, there were some incidents there. That's the one day that I didn't go to work was the second day that they were there. My mother would not let me go back to work yeah. because there was stuff on the news about what they had done. And uh, she probably would, did the wise thing by saying, you're not going out there. And she called Miss Deputy and told her, you know, that I don't think that's an environment for my son. Yeah. And so that was the one day I didn't go to work. Yeah, I heard some stories about that. Uh, you know, I came here in 88, and I was fairly, uh, you know, Bowling Greens is a good is a town where they accept newcomers pretty easily and welcoming. Uh, because, you know, uh, we've had a lot of uh, immigrants come to this, refugees to our cities of the years. So I came from down south. But anyway, um, you know, you hear the stories about the town when you're a newcomer. And that's one of the things I heard about was that weekend. Well, there's, a, there's a lot of history in the book, uh, of local history. Uh, there, um, it it's basically covers the, the area, the time frame from 1960. When when I was born until uh, 1973 or four, um, or actually a little after that, because there's a there's an epilogue that's uh, it's tantamount to the to the uh, to the story, but um, it it covers all that the history in Bowling Green and uh, it's uh, it, it's still there uh, for people to look at and hopefully people from Bowling Green are, will be proud to read it. Well, I made a connection about Memphis because you uh, talked about uh, Willie the Well came to Fairview Plaza <laughs> Shopping Center. You remember that? <laughs> and I saw Willie the Well at the Mid-South Fair in Memphis, you know, in the early 70s in that big uh, trailer air condition. Uh, <laughs> but it was kind of, like you described in the so, book, kind of rotting, falling apart. <laughs> some obscure uh, <laughs> some obscure memories in there, but I, I think that that's amusing. But, you know, it was yeah. intended to... And intended to entertain, and uh, hopefully it'll do that. Yeah, I remember you. You said your mama's uh, got you in the car, and you didn't know quite where we, where you all were gonna go, and <laughs> she was like really wanting to get there. I wanted to see a whale. I mean, <laughs> who, who doesn't want to see a whale if you live in Delafield? You, you're not ever gonna go to the ocean. You, That's right. We've <laughs> got a whale inside the back of a semi here. Let's go see it. <laughs> I can't remember if it smelled or not. Uh, I no, they had it behind glass. It didn't <laughs> yeah. smell. Well, uh, Craig, I've asked you about all the questions I wrote down, and uh, I got one last question for you. Do you have any plans to write another book? I'm working on one right now. Uh, that's uh, it'll be a collection of short stories, and um, some. And after that, I believe I'll, you know, if if I'm if I'm alive, you know, if the Lord lets me live that long, I'll. I'll write some more about Delafield. Who knows? Thank you, though. All right, Craig. Well, thank you very much, and I do appreciate your time and me uh, allowing me to come by and pick you up and us riding through the neighborhood uh, and you showing me some things, a couple things I didn't know or several things. So I'm glad uh, I've uh, learned more about Delafield. I've heard about my whole uh, time of living here in Bowling Green. And we're sitting in a parking lot, and we're looking at the uh, 
uh, famous Bowling Green water towers painted uh, red, white, and blue with the flag and the stars. And that's Seem, a, it seems very far away <laughs> from here. <laughs> that's a big symbol for our town and community. A lot of people are proud of that. I think they painted that, what, 1976 originally? Yeah, but uh, we didn't notice it for, <laughs> from where we were from Delafield. We didn't <laughs> notice that at all. No, I can see the big uh, reservoir up there, so that's a nice symbol for our community, you know, sitting here in this parking lot. But We're, we're in the old uh, <laughs> uh, Charter Communications or Spectrum Communications uh, parking lot here doing this interview. Yeah, and that's where I used to do all my local cable access shows back in the early 90s, and uh, but a lot of fun. Didn't make any money, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I sure do hope you like my book, and uh, thank you for this uh, opportunity to talk about it. And I'm sure that I have messed up a few things, but, uh, you know, I'll do better next time. No, you do great. Uh, I've seen you on television, too, the, on YouTube. The interviews you did, I thought you did great. So, uh, you know, people, here it's, what, going on three years, and people are still talking about your book and interested in it. That's good, you know. It's one of those things that's going to live forever, I think. Like Long, you said. Longer than me, I hope. <laughs> All right, Craig. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm Galen with the Dad Rocks Podcast, and you all have a, a great day. And remember to keep your chin up, keep working hard, stay positive, and stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in today. Take care. Goodbye.